welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Amen. Um, Been a while. Yeah, a little while. Let's see. Um, The last time... Nancy, I believe, Timothy was a baby. Yeah, Rachel was a baby. So it was just a little while ago. Um, now that's, that's here at, at this church. Um, so just to give you guys a little bit of history, um, I was here, I started going to this church in 1985. No, I, that's not true. It was 1984, um, and and uh, we met out at Pipe Fitters Hall out by Mesa Mall. Anybody here remember Pipe Fitters Hall? Yeah, it was a long time ago, a long time ago. Um, and uh, 1985, February of 1985, I became the first youth minister of this. That at that point was new creation, and uh, um, you know it's just interesting because. In 81, I graduated from high school, and the Lord called me to the ministry then, and I knew I was going to be in Grand Junction for a while. And so, um, when I came, I went to some of the churches that my grandmother went to and stuff, and and uh, and she said, there's one more church I want you to try, and went out to Pipe Fitters Hall, and I said, that's home. That's where I need to be. And so, long story short, um, I left Grand Junctionary in 1993 and um, went to Utah and lived there for a few years. And then I moved over to Pueblo and became a paramedic and uh, continued to do that for about 20 years teaching and and stuff. But I did some pulpit ministry and some stuff in between um, occasionally and stuff. I was on church boards. Um, I'm telling you guys, this is exciting because God has brought us back home. This is home. And it's just fun. And so when Pastor John talked to me a while back about, about delivering some messages and doing some things, I said, yes, I'm excited. This would be fun. And so, um, you know, we, we've been talking occasionally and stuff. And, and over the last uh, two months, John and I have spent quite a bit of time together um, at the hospital. I work at St. Mary's, but I've also um, um, work at CMU. But anyway, I was in the hospital the day that Isaac came in. And uh, it was great because I was working in the ER. And I normally don't work in the ER. And I looked on the board and I saw Isaac was there. And I said, oh, wait, I know who that is. And never in my entire life did I dream that we would spend the last two months the way we spent them. But the one thing, the message tonight that I want to give was something that the Lord had laid on my heart um, prior to all that happening. Um, and, and so uh, to the person that's, that's running the slides and stuff, have fun, good luck. <laughs> Because cause I'm, I'm, I'm the, the Lord's the one that's doing this, guys. The Lord's the one that's doing this. Um, the whole time, the, every, every time I've, I've stood here or I've ministered to somebody, it's like, Lord, you speak through me because he's the one that's put it, put it in us. You know, and the really cool part is Sarah doesn't know this, <laughs> but what she just said as she was given that first verse leads into what God laid on my heart so so fantastically well 
and it's just exciting. And so let's just pray that God opens our hearts and our minds to what he has tonight. Heavenly Father, man, Lord, this is amazing. The things that you do and the way that you guide people and you, you, you put things together, Father, when we're not even aware of everything that's happening. And so, Lord, I just surrender myself to you right now, Father, praising you that you have a message that you want us to hear right now, Father. And Lord, not only that, I pray that this message is something that we can carry out of the doors and that we can carry to our jobs and we can carry to our schools and we can carry to our homes and we can believe 100% everything that you have to say tonight. And I just thank you for the opportunity to share your word in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to talk about three different stories tonight all that you are familiar with. You've seen them before. In fact, in children's church, Sarah's probably taught some of them. I mean, it's just been, it's just been something that we've all heard for a long time. But I want to talk about people in these scriptures that we don't always focus on. So we're going to start off in the book of 1 Samuel. And when you turn there, you're turning to 1 Samuel 17. Oh, and by the way, let me just tell you, <clears throat> I typed everything out because um, I, I bought me a new Bible this week. Um, and and there's, there's so many translations today and, and some really good ones. And so I wanted, a, I wanted one that I could see multiple translations. So I bought a parallel, a parallel Bible. Anybody have a parallel Bible? Yeah, yeah. The one I bought has four versions. So when it came in, <laughs> the prince this big, <laughs> I was like, well, that's going to be fun. <laughs> so I typed it out, out so I could read, <laughs> you know, it was like, yeah, this is going to be fun. Um, anyway, first Samuel chapter 17, but I'm going to start off in verse 16. We're going to be covering a lot of scripture, but I'm going to do it fast. I promise. Pastor John told me I had three hours, so we're going to go fast, okay? <laughs> All right, so you guys know this one. This is the one, this is the story of David and Goliath. David and Goliath, we're all aware of what happened then. We all know it, right? And so we're starting off in verse 16. It says, for the past 40 days, that every morning and every night, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army. I like to picture what I'm reading, Okay, and so can you see him? He's like going out there and he's just strutting. And he's just saying, come on, who's going to do this? Who's going to meet me? You big chickens. Who's going to meet me? Who's going to come out here? Ah, you're a bunch of wimps. And he's just marching along and he's just laughing at him. Can you see him doing that? And here's the Israelite army, God's army. And they're sitting there going, you know, I, I, what do we do? What do we do? Not one of them stepped up to the plate. The scripture says every morning and every night he went out there and did that for 40 days. Every morning and every night he went out there and he just strutted. He just walked around and said, man, you guys are nothing. I have so much over you. I'm nine foot tall. I'm better than you are. Right? 
So and then as we look up farther in that, we see that he's, 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 he's been bugging them for 40 days and 40 nights. And in verse 13, we see that Jesse had some, some boys there, right? Verse 13, we see that the oldest sons were with Saul's army. They'd already joined in Saul's army, okay? They were out there and they were, you know, Eliab, and I'm not going to say the second name and the third name is Shemia. <laughs> because, yeah, I'm not going to do that, okay? But they'd already joined the army. They were already there. They weren't stepping up to the plate. They were standing in the background, you know? But they had this snot-nosed little brother, I'd ask how many younger siblings we have in here, but my wife would raise her hand. <laughs> and, and I'm the oldest sibling in my family. And so, you know, we, we have fun with that. But here's what I like, okay? In 14 and 15, we find out David had been watching the entire event. David was the youngest of the four brothers, right? And so it says in 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 in, in 14 and 15, it says that he had been walking back and forth from the sheep to the army every day. Can you see him doing this? He's coming out there and he's, he's taking food to his brothers, all right? He says he's, he's taking food and, and he's, he's seeing this Philistine. He's seeing this, this person standing there, walking around, giving the army a hard time, saying, who, look at who I am. And man, I picture David, I picture David as he's sitting there and, he, and he's watching this guy and he's going, you guys are God's army. You guys are God's army. What, what, what are you doing? I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. God's army. Do you not know who God is? Do you not understand who God is? And so he, he, he takes food and he, and he walks back. So let, let's picture him walking back, okay? He's going back. And, and I, I mean, I, I just see him as he's walking back. And what he's doing is he's like going, who does this man think he is? Who does this man think he is? Coming against God's army like that. Coming up against him like that. Oh, God. You know what? Man, if I was, if I was a little bit older, I'd hit him in the head with a slingshot. And I'd cut his head off. Man, if I was just a little bit older. If I was just a little bit older. For 40 days and 40 nights. Hmm. Here's what I got to thinking about. How many times have we sat there day in and day out? And we said, God, if only. If only. Right? Just sat there and said, really? So one day, David said, you know what? I've had enough of this guy. I have had enough. And I like what happens here, because I said I was going to talk, focus about some of the other <laughs> Here's in one, one of the, the versions, not, not the one I have up here. One of them says, he listened to the uncircumcised Philistine. And I think that's awesome because he's sitting there looking at him going, you are nobody to guard's army, right? You are nobody. He asked the men in the army, what wards will be given to the one who takes Goliath down? 
This kid, this 14-year-old kid, Goliath at one point refers to him in another scripture, Goliath refers to him as a ruddy-faced boy. Do you know what that is? Acne. <laughs> you know, it was this kid that was sitting there going, you know, uh, I, I'm just this little kid. And I, I, I referred to his squeaky voice at one point because, you know, he's at that time of his life where he's going through some changes and he's got acne. And Goliath is sitting there looking at him. Okay, it was, what's going on? But this kid was asking, what would happen to the person who took care of Goliath? What does the one get who takes Goliath down? Verse 26, he, 6 says he spoke to the men. So he wasn't just speaking to one individual. He was talking to the army. And he was saying, what happens? To, what, what happens for the person that takes Goliath down? The men, <laughs> they, in verse 31, it says, the men reported Dave's words to Saul. The man means there was more than one person that was carrying this to Saul. And I can see them too. Saul, Saul, you got to come out here. There's, there is someone wanting to know what will be done if, if they take down Goliath. What will be done, done? We know how the rest of the story goes, right? We know what happens. Saul looks at David and says, you're kidding. You're a boy. I've got men here. <laughs> you're a boy. Why are you going to fight him? But David said, I can do it. I've killed the lion and I've killed the tiger and I've killed the bear. The bear, I think, is what he said. Wizard of Oz was lion, tiger, and bear, right? So, okay. But anyway, he says, I've done this, Right? I've done this. I can take Goliath. And so Saul says, okay. And what does Saul do? Saul gives him his uniform, his armor. And David can't wear it. It's too big. And so David says, I don't need that. I've got God on my side. I've got God on my side. I don't need that. All I need is God. All I need is God. What if we approached God or our prayers in the same fashion? What if we said, God is on my side? You know, I mean, man, if, if, we, would, if we would understand, you know, what, what happens when that person comes to you and says, I've been diagnosed with something? And if we said, I've got God's army on my side, or God on my side, plus his angels, right? He's with me. Let's pray. Let's take care of this. Okay? So that's one story. Let's look at another one. Mark 5, 22 through 43. I am not going to read every one of them. Okay? <laughs> but in this one, we see a story of a man by the name of Jairus. Who is Jairus? He was a religious leader. He wasn't a Christian. He didn't follow Jesus, right? He was a religious leader of the time. And he meets Jesus at the, the shore when Jesus comes. This was after um, um, Jesus had, had, had kicked out the, the demons from the man and scared the people so bad in that town, they said, get out of here, go back where you came from. <laughs> <laughs> because you change this person over here who's been this way forever. You change this person, okay? 
Jairus comes out there. And in, verse, in, in, in verses 22 and 24, it says, the man falls at Jesus' feet, pleading fervently with him. Can you see him? He's laying there, Jesus, Jesus, I need you. I need you. Please come and lay your hands on my daughter that she might live. And so what's Jesus do? Jesus follows him. Let's go. Come on, let's go. Let's go out there and let's, let, let's, let's see her. Okay? So he doesn't, he doesn't question the man. He just sees the man praying fervently, saying, I need this. I need this. And so he follows him. As we move on down to verse 35 and through 43, we see the outcome. But here's the funny part. Remember I said I was going to talk about some of the other people. Okay? On the way to the house, some men meet them. And they say, hey, Jairus, man, your daughter's dead. I'm sorry, she's gone. Leave the teacher alone. She's gone. She's, it, there's nothing we can do. And what's Jesus do? He hears it and he looks at Jairus and he says, don't be afraid. Don't believe it. Stand on your faith. The one that you had right there when you were praying, stand on it. Don't be afraid. And so, I mean, any of us who are parents... If we had that news come, it would be hard. But it's like, no, God is good. And so I'm going I'm to stand on my faith. Okay, so then what happens is we move on down. We get, to, we get to where they get to the house. And what do they find at the house? Do you remember? What greets them at the house? Mourners. People crying. I, have, I don't know for sure. This is something that I heard somewhere. But they hired people to mourn. <laughs> you know, people would come in as mourners back then. And so these people, you know, hey, can you see the busloads pulling up? And then they're wailing and they're weeping and they're crying. <laughs> you know, we've probably seen some people like that. <laughs> I going, oh my goodness, <laughs> you know. So they, they meet them there, and they're just wailing and crying, and, 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 and you know, maybe they were playing music that was just, just uh, atrocious. Who knows, right? They were doing something. But I like it, what Jesus does. What Jesus does in, yeah, sorry, to the person doing the, the um, slides. What Jesus says to the people He's like, what, what, what's with you people? Okay, this is the Salazar paraphrase version. Okay, that one I couldn't find in the, in the Christian book distributors, okay? <laughs> okay, he says, what's with, we, what's with you people? She's just sleeping. That's all she's doing is sleeping. <laughs> then the mourners turned into anger. And what they did is they turned on him and they started pointing their fingers at him and they started screaming at him. And what are you doing? You're so stupid. What are you doing? 
How could you give these guys hope? She's dead. She's not asleep. And so what does Jesus do? He casts them. He says, go away. Go away. Stop it. Leave these people alone. And so Jairus, he's sitting there and, 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 and he's, he's, he's watching this all happen. And, and he's, he's standing there with, with his wife and, and their daughter lays dead according to what they've been told in the other room. And so Jesus asks everybody to leave and, and they bring, he brings three disciples and they go into the bedroom. And they walk in the bedroom and, and here's the mom and the dad. And they see their daughter laying there. And, and you know the emotions were high. You know they were sitting there, you know, I have faith. I have faith. I know. I have faith. I have faith. I know. It's okay. And what does Jesus do? He grabs her hand and he says, little girl, get up. But I don't think he said it as, little girl, get up. I think he said it loud enough because you know that the naysayers, you know what they did. When Jesus told them to leave, they all snuck around the bushes and they all came back and they're looking in the windows trying to figure out what's going on. And they heard it. So he said it loud enough to where they could hear him. Little girl, get up. And he grabbed her hand. And what did she do? It says she immediately stood up and walked around. Immediately stood up and walked around. But that's not who I want to focus on. What I want to focus on are the people that were standing around, not believing it. What they were doing was they were like, oh, what? She was dead. Why? What, what just happened? That's the second group. Third group I want to talk about, or third person I should say, is in the middle of those scriptures. This is the woman with the issue of blood. Okay? Mark 25 through 34. And in this one, in the Message Bible, it says there was a woman with an issue of blood, one that had been with her for 12 years. There's another version that refers to the issue of blood as a hemorrhage. I'm a paramedic. Okay? I know what a hemorrhage is. It's not good. If I have someone hemorrhaging, I have to stop the bleed. Because if I don't stop the bleed, they're going to bleed out. So I have to stop the bleed. This gal had been hemorrhaging for 12 years. 12 years. She had visited doctor's offices. She had figure, 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 bleh, visited, see, now we're all kind of, you know. She'd visited all these people that were trying to help her, all these specialists, and none of them could do anything. She's at her wit's end. She's broke. The Bible says she's broke because she spent all of her money trying to get better. And she doesn't have any money left. 
And so she says, I like it in, in here, it says, if I, can just, if I can just lay my finger on his gown, I'll be healed. Just, just lay my finger, I'll be healed. Wow, what faith. What faith. If I can just touch his gown, I'll be healed. And so what does she, she do? She, she goes in the crowd. Now, here's the other thing, too. Because she was sick, she was not supposed to be out in public because something was wrong with her. And so instead, she goes into the crowd, and she fights her way in, and she gets to him, and she touches his gown. And what does the Bible say happened? It says that Jesus immediately felt energy leave him. And he said, who touched my robe? And I told you guys I'm going to focus on some of the other people. So in this case, I'm now going to focus on the disciples that were with him. Because the disciples were awesome. <laughs> they, they, he, said, he said, who touched me? And, and the disciples are like going, what? What are you talking about? What, what, what do you mean who touched you? Jesus, there are t dozens of people around you. What do you mean who touched me? They may have even been a little bit frustrated at this point. Oh, what's up with him? What's going on? And he said, somebody touched me. I want to know who it was. I want to know who touched me. And so he looks in the crowd, and she's sitting there. It, it, it was me. It was me. I, I, I touched you. But, 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 but let, me, let, me, let me tell you why. So she told him the story of what had been taking place for the last 12 years. He didn't say you should have waited your turn in line. He didn't say, what gives you the right to touch me? He said, your faith has made you whole. Go enjoy life from this point on. Go enjoy life. How awesome is that? How awesome is it that he just said, Go do it. At this point, the disciples, something started changing. Well, up until Jesus' Jesus ascension, you know, in their heart, they started seeing Jesus do things. And they started saying, there's something to this. There's something to this faith. Later on in the book of Acts, we see um, the two of them walking, uh, Peter and, and John, I believe, are walking uh, up to the temple to worship at three o'clock in the afternoon. And what they're doing is they're walking past the gate and there's a man sitting there that they had, they had brought every day. They would bring him so he could beg for money or food. And they laid him down and the man saw them coming and he, and he looked at him and said, you know, give me some money, give me some money. And Peter said, I don't have any money, but what I have, I'm going to offer you instead. And he told him, rise up and stand and walk. And it says that the man went walking and leaping and praising God from that point on. 
walking and leaping and praising God. He didn't question what just took place on him. He said, I'm healed. It says immediately. Again, I keep saying this. I'm a paramedic. People don't just stand up and walk. It doesn't happen. Their muscles are not in, in line. They can't do it. The bones aren't in line. They can't do it. But Jesus. But Jesus. Here's the whole point that I'm trying to say with this. Because, you know, as we sat in the hospital with Isaac, I was there for both the surgeries. And as we sat there and we prayed and we talked, as we sat there, this message kept coming over and over again. And this is what the title of the message is. Oh, that was just the intro. Did I forget to tell you that part? <laughs> Not really, okay? The title of the message is this, God's jaw never drops. God's jaw never drops. We don't go to him with, you were talking about finances. Man, we, we sometimes go to him, God, I got this bill and I can't pay it. I, I don't have the money. God's jaw doesn't drop. Sometimes I see people post prayer requests on Facebook. And I just sit there and I look at him and I said, don't you understand the God you're serving? He already knows about the situation. I, I see some of the posts like this. I, 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 I kind of see them. It's like they're approaching God with something he never knows. Can you see God? You know? Okay, utility bill. Let's take care of that one. Okay, good. Uh, got a cold. Okay, let's take care of that one. Okay. Uh, oh, myself. <laughs> Jesus, come here. Do you see what they have? He didn't, doesn't do that. He doesn't say, wow, I never knew. He already knows. All we're doing is acknowledging that if we have faith, he takes care of things. If we have faith that he takes care of us financially, he takes care of things. I, I um, had a job a few years ago. I was a flight paramedic. And, and I was an educator for the flight company. And I was on the road. I, I was home 24 to 48 hours, hours max per week. And then I was on the road again. Okay? I was constantly going. And I didn't like it. And so a, a position came up for me to, to be home a little bit more often. I'd be gone seven days and home seven days. But it was a $9,000 pay cut. I didn't think twice. I said, I'll take it. And I remember I had somebody ask me, they said, does that make you nervous? I said, no, because God's in control. Two weeks after I took the pay cut, I got a raise of $7,000 a year. Two weeks.
God knew it was coming. And, and the reason they did it was because we went away from home and we went to the reservation and we went away. And so they're like, we have to, to pay these guys extra because they're going away. Two weeks, God took care of that pay cut. There was no question about who was in control. No question at all. In closing, there's two scriptures I want to refer to. Matthew 21, 18 through 22. In the message, it says that Jesus and his disciples have been walking past this, this fig tree. And, and, and he was hungry. And he walked up to the fig tree and he wanted to get some figs. And it was, it was um, there was just leaves. And so Jesus said, <laughs> no more figs from this tree ever. <laughs> I, you know, I, I can, uh, the poor tree. <laughs> the poor tree. Okay. The next day they went pat, walking past the same tree and the disciples looked at it and it was withered and dead. <laughs> and they were wowed. They were wowed. It's like, wait, 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 what, what, what happened? Okay? And Jesus' response was, when they looked at it, they were amazed, astonished, and wowed. And Jesus said, matter of fact, that's the other thing in the message, it says, matter of fact. Jesus is like, yep. If you embrace this kingdom life and do not doubt God, do not doubt God. You'll not only do minor feats, like I did to the fig tree, but also triumph over huge obstacles. Triumph over huge ox, ox, obstacles. This mountain, for instance, tell it to go jump in a lake, <laughs> and it will jump. Absolutely everything. Everybody say everything. everything. What does that cover? everything that you ask, right? Everything, ranging from small to large, as you make it a part of your believing prayer, gets included as you lay hold of God. Everything. You're not surprising God with your prayer requests. When you have somebody come up to you and say they, they, they have a prayer request, they're not surprising God. Sometimes our faith is what they need. So we let them know, okay? Leaves little room for doubt. Last scripture, Isaiah 43, verses two through three. And man, I love this. Again, in the Message Bible, it says, oh, that's really small. When you are in over your head, I'll be there with you. When you are in rough waters, you will not go down. When you are between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end. And this part, I put in capital letters on here. Because I am your God. And it goes on to say, I am your personal God. He's my God. He's your God. He's everybody's God, personal God. 
the Holy of Israel, your Savior. What is your need tonight? Maybe it's a family need. Maybe it's a financial need, you know? Maybe it's marriage. Who knows what it is? God knows what it is. He already knows, which is cool. Because when we can stand on that, and when we can have faith, as, as, as you know, as I sat there and I watched John and Carla praying for Isaac and, and the kids praying for Isaac, there was times that it was hard. But you know what? Carla's faith was just amazing. Because Carla said, I know who God is. And that's what we have to do. If we would stand on that and say, God is here. And he's already made, he already made the promises. The book of Isaiah, our healing is already done. It's already done. All we have to do is stand. So, in closing this, God's jaw never drops. When you think you have something that's going to be a surprise to him, it's not. He wants you to come to him. He wants you to lay it before him because then he can take care of it. Amen? Amen? I love our God. I love our God. Let's just pray right quick and then I'm going to bring Sarah back up. Heavenly Father, you are amazing. And right now, Lord, I just thank you that I can come to you with anything and you're there. And it doesn't surprise you. And so, Lord, if there's any needs here, I ask you, Father, as they quietly say them to you right now, that you give them the faith to stand on, to know that you're in control. Father, I praise you for all you've done for us. It's already, we, we, we are already victorious. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 